Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, guys. Oh, guys, Riverdale this week. How do you, how, how do you feel about the episode, Miss Molly? Just, uh, I mean, I, (laughs) 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 I I have a lot of emotions and I don't know where to start. Uh, I will start by saying I was scared. It was, it was actually a pretty creepy episode. They really, I, I think that this, Again, we are back to the fundamentals of Riverdale of just like, dude, it, it was creepy. It barely made any sense. It made me <laughs> at least three times go, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> overall why I love Riverdale, except for the fact that there were no um, teen sex scenes. That's the only thing that, that this episode was missing. It is the basics of Riverdale on the one hand, but on the other hand, I saw a very good tweet last week that was like, season one of Riverdale, Archie, I want to do both music and football. Season three, there's two serial killers in town, and one <laughs> is a mystical demon that is summoned by a spell, and the other has been escaped from an armored prison truck. But then there's also another that is the the manipulative genius that is Edgar Evernever. So really, we're dealing with three insane concepts that are now all coming to a head. I mean, we can't just jump to the end here, even though I certainly want to just jump to the end here. Number one, can we talk about the fact that Archie just said he was never going to box ever Uh, again? I am so tired (laughs) of the box. I'm so tired of Archie. I'm just deeply tired of him, but I am I I truly could not care less about Archie boxing. Like I truly do not give a fuck. Like and <laughs> you know, and, and I, because of that tweet, I'm thinking about the first season, and I'm like, yeah, the first season, Archie was like, oh, is he gonna be a singer? Is he gonna be an athlete? Yeah, that's a, like a teen problem. And here he's like, I I don't want to go to school. I'm just gonna become a professional boxer. It's like what? And I mean, what are you talking about? I guess Archie has since the first season. Archie's been through a tremendous amount of trauma, as we talk about I mean, a lot, so. at least, I will say they're always consistent in the fact that he still has those bear scratches when he got mauled by a bear. So he does, <laughs> I will I will give them consistency points on that. Yes, so it is, to some extent, fair that he feels differently about his life now after having survived many attempted murders. But 
Uh, I just have many s- like attempted <laughs> so many, but what everything just went to went out the window in this episode. He last week he's like I don't care about boxing. This week he's bet he's like all I want to do is box. Like three weeks ago he was like yeah I probably shouldn't like you know fuck around with Veronica anymore and and like have any sort of relationship with Hiram Lodge who tried to kill me many many times and then yeah. this week he's like oh Ronnie it's so great to hang out with you again also with Ronnie so it's, he's trying so Archie is trying to apparently box his way into the Navy even though he doesn't really want to be in the Navy because now you know Molly Ringwald just shows up because of course they had to have some sort of parental figure for Archie and I'm sure that they couldn't really they just said like oh well now your dad is away even though they never really got into that, but of course they couldn't because of the untimely death of Luke Perry. I will say that Molly Ringwald will n- never be the parent that Luke Perry is because even in her talks of like, Archie, maybe you shouldn't box for a living. It just didn't hit home the way it did when Fred was giving these little monologues. It's funny because I always found Fred's monologues to be, you know, totally toothless. He was always just like, son... Uh, I don't know. Like, like Archie, but in a way, you know, Fred and Archie were perfect for each other because they were both just like, you know, whiny little like, oh, but dad, I really want to do music. Oh, son, I don't think you should. You know, like, yeah, I miss his breathy dissertations, though. Yeah, I just like, yes, you know, it's the same with how much I love FP call and Jughead boy. Yeah, and I do. I took for granted, you know, I did. I, I, I had been known to hate on Fred Andrews a little bit and Luke Perry uh, as being just a little bit bland. But I took I took for granted how much I cared about him and loved him. And now that he's gone, no. I miss him a lot. And yeah, and so Molly Ringwald is here and she's all trying to be a good parent by enrolling Archie in the Navy for five years of active duty. That was the other thing. I was like, excuse me, you're trying to save him. I mean, I don't know what, if I had a child who wanted a box, I don't know what I would do because I'd be like, don't do that. But five years of active duty in the military is <laughs> a a escalation. It is a lot, but at the same time, at least he would get an education while he did it. He would, but Archie... Archie would join the military and immediately do something that was that was like would get him dishonorably discharged and be like, yes, I was following my heart. No, he's not good with authority. Then you shouldn't go into the Navy. You have to listen. You have to follow rules, Archie. And then that leads us to the other plot point of this episode that I had a bit of a question mark with, although thankfully it didn't end up happening, which was Archie planning to do two fights in one day. In one day. And now that Veronica, who knows nothing about any of this, is his manager. Also, I loved that they threw in the idea, or just apparently the fact, that Veronica never owned La Bonne Nuit or Pops, that Hiram had owned it the entire time, gave her a fake deed. And also, it's like, girl, stop trying to play your daddy. Daddy is always going to win, and you have to stop trying. Also about that, even if she had bought it with quote unquote her money, there is a line in this episode where Archie says, with what money, Veronica? And she says, my money, Archie. And even if she had bought La Bonne with quote unquote her money, whose money is it really? It's her daddy's. So like, Yes, the fact that she there was a fake deed is kind of a fuck you to Veronica, who thought she yes. was this like businesswoman. But at the same time, she didn't have any money. She like, she got that from Daddy in the first place. Yeah, 
Which I, we don't even need to go down this road any further because we all know that this is insane and this is going to come back to bite her in the ass. So overall, Archie, he doesn't fight the second. No, he does fight the second fight, right? No, he doesn't. That's no, he, right because he he, no, he he says he's he says he's going to. Veronica's like over my dead body. Okay, I guess I can't stop you. And then, and then he passes out in the ring because he hadn't eaten in five days to lose six pounds. Which really, I feel like for a dude and for a boxer, really can't be that difficult to lose six pounds, right? I mean, I remember the wrestlers doing that all the time in high school. Yeah. I, I I don't think it was healthy, but they certainly did it. But uh, they can but, do it. But getting fighting twenty four rounds of boxing in a single night is probably not a good idea for your head. Although Archie's already dumb as fucking possible anyway. Yeah, so. keep hitting him. It's fine. <laughs> it's, nothing is moving or changing upstairs. I'm pretty sure. So now that we got that out of the way, which also the fact that they didn't even bring up the uh, the idea that Josie has left and he is completely undeterred because obviously Archie and Ronnie are going to get back together, especially that they went to the prom as friends, quote unquote. But we all know what happens in high school when you go to prom with friends of someone. Although in my case, it was that they ended up um, hooking up with one of your good friends. <laughs> but that's a whole other than no he never loved me and he never will love me so let's get down to the fact that we're, we're going to talk about school here you know fp is on the case of whatever everything that happened with kurtz and the gargles which i want to say that kurtz found a school bus to head the gargoyle gang in and um they decorated it Almost similarly, except without baby parts this time, and they fashioned little branch people, a la Blair Witch Project. And maybe season three of True Detective? A yeah, I think a little bit of that. I think they, um, but I love that. I love the decoration of the place. You can't say that they don't put money into the environment of how they make <laughs> their jingle jangle. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I've got to be honest, even though I know we discussed it last week, this week, it was like when we watched Pretty Little Liars. This week, I was surprised all over again to learn that Kurtz was dead. That really happened very suddenly. It really did, and I don't, I still don't think, I think that he, I guess he offed himself. Honestly, I don't even know where my hypotheses reside right now. Because especially with all that stuff, I feel like the Riverdale writers are moving a thousand miles a minute, and everybody <laughs> else is moving at like 10 miles an hour. I, I They are just... <laughs> bashing through all this so fast. I don't really know what's going on with that storyline per se. Yeah. All I know is that I I see this really ruined because I don't know if we were talking about this, but Jeff's theory this entire time is that Hal was actually the gargoyle king. So now I feel like my whole brain is all screwed up because as we were watching this episode, it was just like, you're right. He must be. It must be this. Like, I, I feel like he's had puppets the entire time from inside of the prison. But now that we know that he's not, or else maybe he still is. Man, when they were going through, the like, when Betty and Veronica were, were talking to the detectives, I guess, that were looking at the bus explosion of how all those <laughs> killers were killed. And they just, they found nothing except Dr. Colonel Jr. did find one hand... That was not Hal's. That was Hal's. That's right. And that's how they knew that he was dead. And then he, had, and then he had a hook at the end. And then he had a hook in the end. Sorry, I watched this a couple of days ago, so I'm trying to piece it all together. They, So he cut off his own hand 
and put it in with all like all of the other bodies, right? Yeah, but how did he escape? He was in that armored truck, or I don't know if armored is the right word, but you know the prison truck where presumably they were all you know lo- locked locked in, and. Whatever happened to that bus, the bus was not exploded into a thousand pieces, but somehow the bodies in it were. Uh, there was just heads and hands everywhere. Uh, <laughs> as much as I love this episode, I feel very confused about a lot of things. I feel like it, oh, it, yeah. I'm just like, I I liked it and I like, I just wish... I feel like I wish this episode was a part of this week's episode so it could all make a little more sense in my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it was it was rough. The, 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 because not only is but I didn't even really piece this together. So we know so Dr. Colonel Jr. said, you know, so from the beginning, from the first scene, Betty is convinced that her dad set this up to escape and she's like the black hood is back. Uh, Which of course, she yeah. knows her father. Yeah. She has the darkness inside of her. She does, but I still don't understand if she's still so scared of him, why she was still visiting him in prison. But I guess, you know, I guess. I think that's a whole daddy-daughter thing, too, that, like, she needed someone to talk to that was a parental figure. Right, that's right. And Alice had really abandoned her. Um, But so FP, so she's standing there talking to FP, and she's like, the Black Hood has escaped. He orchestrated this. This is what happened. And FP says, Betty... I'm sorry to tell you this, but there were six, uh, you know, five prisoners and a driver on the bus, and we found six heads. So, again, everybody's head has been disembodied everybody's from their body. <laughs> uh, but does that mean if Hal only lost a hand, whose head is there? And also, how did he cut his hand off? How did he cut his hand off if you're in an armored bus on your way from one prison to another prison for sure the driver doesn't have some sort of sawzall in his pocket at least i'm i think that the driver would i imagine that they would have a gun on them but how do you cut off a bunch of heads and a hand when you're handcuffed is it possible that Hiram was in on it and that there was an inside job, you know, because Hiram was the one who was like, sure, transfer him to my prison with all the windows. Interesting. Yeah, because also Hiram, very absent in this episode. And you know what? It always makes me it always makes me scared because, you know, Hiram's always prowling around all these misdeeds, you know, because we've got Gladys Jones is out of the way. So and I know they had to move Gladys Jones out of the way to to now have the three people that we are scared of. But I think that Hiram's sitting in that back seat just waiting for his time to strike. And you're right, maybe this was his striking. I don't know why Hiram would want the Black Hood on the loose, um, other than that Hiram is always responsible for everything that happens in Riverdale. He's a man Um, of mischief! (laughs) But I had not considered that, that Hal had been the Black Hood. I mean, sorry, that Hal had been the, uh, Gargoyle King the whole time. Which kind of makes sense, although this episode, they started scooting towards your hypothesis about Edgar and the Gargoyle King because uh, there was this whole plot. But Betty was really the star of the show, as is often the case, let's be honest. Yes. And she had a whole plot line of like, listen, people started playing Griffins and Gargoyles again, even though, yes, they were playing it 20 years ago. They started playing it again about a year ago, right around the time the farm rolled into town. They both talk about Ascension, which is something the farm and Gargoyles, uh, or Griffins and Gargoyles, which is something you've mentioned before. And so she was like, 
Edgar has to be the gargoyle king. And due to some reasons I don't totally understand, that was disproved because he took off his shirt and was very sexy and didn't have any back tattoos. How did you feel about when he took his shirt off? I felt like it was sexy, except that I also felt like he was inviting Betty to fuck him. I thought he was inviting Betty to fuck him. I definitely see that is not to me. That's not really my version of sexy. I'm way more into the face than I was into his wiry. Um, it made me think of Christian Bale and the Machinist, you know, machinist, <laughs> Machinist. I don't know how to say it. I, I felt like that was very much. I was just like, oh, boy, eat a burger or something. Get this man to pops. I don't know whatever they eat in that cult of theirs but um i guess it's very healthy yeah i like you know i don't mind a, a ropey skinny guy you like a ropey i know you're into a ropey but can we also talk about the fact that when betty walked into that scene whatever question alice had asked that he was very excited that he had that she had asked that question edgar Everett ever was talking about eating people to absorb their wisdom. <laughs> he was. He Can was. we I talk about, about that? that for just a moment? Because it was such a flyaway that I was like, I know that the, like, that the Riverdale writers definitely include lines like this that mean absolutely nothing. But I can't help but think about, is the farm killing people and eating them? <laughs> Are they cloning people? And that's how, like... That that's how they're seeing these people from the past? Did I bring up cloning oh. last episode? I think maybe there's a cloning thing happened. Let's throw some fake fucking bullshit Riverdale cloning <laughs> science in there. I want to see multiplicity level cloning science in Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, that's a new one for me. I don't think that you had mentioned cloning last time. I know we have been hypothesizing about what the fuck's happening with how they're talking to the dead people. Uh, but cloning would make sense because these uh, these guys, as we found out two or three episodes ago, whenever with the fake gravestone, it's not that they think they're talking to the spirits of dead people. It's that they truly think that these dead people have been resurrected and are back to life and or never died. Right. So, I mean, obviously that's how that they are keeping... Uh, um, excuse me, Choni in line now that is, <laughs> as we all know, Cheryl and Tony, Choni, which I love that they refer to themselves as Choni. It kind of made me go, ah, when I went the second she said Choni. Choni were running for prom queens and uh, they weren't allowed to because that's not a, a part of the farm's rules. And man, did she back down because Cheryl is a dog with a bone. And when Edgar ever never told her that she couldn't run for prom queen because she wouldn't be allowed to see Jason anymore. Man, did she change her tune? That bitch is talking to her brother. Yes, but that was so sad because it was nice at the beginning of this episode. It was like having the normal Cheryl back again. I know. Cheryl and Tony just were just being bitches about how they wanted to be uh, prom queens. And I was like, yeah, Cheryl, you're still around. And then she was even a bitch to Evelyn, which was very refreshing. Are you like, like 30? <laughs> you like 30? How many proms have you been to? And that was fantastic and I felt so good about it I was like yeah Cheryl's back but then what did Edgar do but make her bend the knee because she oh. she wants to, to keep seeing Jason which is that's such a sad thing to hold over a person you bastard I don't like yeah. Edgar ever never he's sexy but I don't like him I don't like him either he might be a cannibal I think that they're cannibals <laughs> I mean they're definitely cannibals that's what they said they said that they were cannibals 
But who are they eating? It's not like there's a mass. Well, there are a lot of dead people in Riverdale. Unless. What if Edgar Evernever is the Gargoyle King, right? Or it, or or has his minions be the Gargoyle King, and he is like the overlord as Gargoyle King. He's working with the Black Hood to get bodies for the eating. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe that's why Hal is going after Betty because that's something that, like that would be the greatest sacrifice and a way to rid Alice Cooper uh, of her past is to get rid of Betty. Even though Alice Cooper is mourning the loss of her other child. But yes, I think that you're right. And Alice speaks a lot about trying to leave her past behind and leave her serial killer husband behind and all of that. Um, And yeah, and the scene at the at the prom when um so yeah, so let's so get Betty, into this prom which i right. love that I, I i love that they change it from fire that was so sad too when they like up when betty and jughead approach cheryl to change the theme of the prom and she's like whatever yeah, yeah that was really do sad whatever you want to do yeah and so right they changed the prom like with it with like less than a week's notice they changed the prompt to the renaissance theme and everyone's able to get a very elaborate renaissance costume no the, way not in a small time. town no fucking way <laughs> And uh, so Betty and Jughead, the reason they do it is because Jellybean had told Jughead that the gargoyle had like a book of a gospel. Um, so Jughead found the gospel on the bus that Kurt Very had been easy to on. find, by the way. Very it easy. was just right there. Also, props to FP for just continuing to bring his son to crime scenes and letting him tamper with evidence. Regardless of whether he has to go to school yeah. or not, he is there at every crime scene. Bring the boy to the crime scene. Let him steal evidence. Uh, let him conduct his own investigation with Betty. And so they are reading the book of the Gospels and it has some spells in it. And so they decide that this was very hard to follow, in my opinion. But they decide that uh, if they set up prom to like be have Betty be like the the Griffin queen, which I thought was something that she invented uh, back at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. But anyway, I guess it's a real thing in the text. Now it's gospel. Now it's gospel. And so uh, so they're going to use her as bait to summon the Gargoyle King for this quest, uh, which Jellybean had said was the final quest. And so they get everybody to dress like it's the Renaissance. They get Betty to be named prom queen. Uh, she is, is successfully named prom, prom queen, but before she can accept her title, she gets a note from somebody in a mask that says, your quest is to go to the place of the original uh, Ascension Night. Don't tell anybody. And so that's when all the mayhem starts with both the Black Hood and the Gargoyle King. Dude, it's all very Nightmare on Elm Street, though, right? Like all the lighting in the school when she goes to meet up with the Gargoyle King and, and all that kind but- I think that I think what the police are missing, I feel like I need to call FP to be like, maybe you should be taking um, calligraphy samples from people from the letters that the Gargoyle King keeps sending to people because somebody is writing those notes and wax sealing these notes. Where are they coming from? Yeah, I know that what, that random mass dude got it from a bard i don't know whatever the hell he said that he they it was th- through a line of people that he gave her the note but it's like 
Someone's writing these notes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do a handwriting analysis. Get a forensic file in there. Yeah, I mean, I've watched Profiler before from the <laughs> 90s. I know what happens, and, and you just got to look at the, the way somebody writes a letter. So she goes to meet up with the Gargoyle King, and of course she goes into the women's bathroom, the same girl's bathroom as Ascension Night, and it's the same setup. The flip for your fate and the two chalices filled with both, I'm assuming, gonna kill you juice. And then she comes back out and the Gargoyle King is out there, gonna attack, gonna attack. And then the Black Hood comes out of nowhere. So that's why I think that maybe, I, I, at first I got really excited. I was like, yeah, how? Kill the Gargoyle King. And they didn't kill the Gargoyle King. So they must be in cahoots. Yeah, I think that that's right. I actually didn't, incredibly did not think of that, uh, that they were working together. But they must be, because the Gargoyle King lured her, but then it was the Black Hood that was right there waiting for her. So also, it was probably the Gargoyle King that helped with the bus and get Hal out of, maybe it was the Gargoyle King that did it. And it wasn't Hiram, unless Hiram is the Gargoyle King, and that's how all of this is coming together. Which Hiram was the Gargoyle King for like a whole season. He was. <laughs> <laughs> like how Bunch long has this season been? This, this season has been like four seasons, but there was like a whole long unit of time when it was decided upon that Hiram was the Gargoyle King. Remember, yeah, because he was, he was the man in black. He was the man in black. He was delivering all the drugs to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. I that feels like 20 years that. ago. I forgot about all of that. So much happens in this show. I forgot about all of that. But I feel like that, that maybe they're going back to that plot line. Because as we know in Riverdale, they love circling back around. Except for the fact that, I mean, I feel like we, we didn't really even say this, but like Evelyn Ever Never, now that everyone knows she is 26 years old, really shouldn't be in high school anymore. Probably I know. Probably shouldn't be allowed on the campus anymore. But you know what? Again, Riverdale full of contradictions. On the one hand, maybe because Principal Weatherby is part of the cult. He is part of the cult, you're right. He can't oversee, you know, kicking out this full-grown adult from high school. On the other hand, someone is still facilitating a prom at the high school, even though the principal has been swept into a death cult. So, <laughs> you know, the school is still functioning um, appropriately enough to run a prom, but not appropriately enough to dismiss its 26-year-old student. <laughs> I love when Veronica was like, prom is this weekend? We still do things like that here? Which, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I, nice. I, I love when they throw in those, like, little chunks of being self-aware on Riverdale. They're really, like peppering them in just the right amount you know yeah yeah they do we need them so overall in the end we know that hal does not kill betty she runs to the farm to go protect her mother which you know girl kudos she's still trying to protect her mother even though her mother is a horrid bitch at this point yeah yeah she's been repeatedly shut out by alice and she's still trying to take care of her and alice kind of delightfully doesn't give a fuck that Hal's dead. She's like, I FP called. There's no survivors. And Betty is like, no, no. What if, what if he survived? And, Be- and Alice is just like, nope. And then uh, when, yeah, at the end, Betty goes and tells Alice uh, dad is alive and he's the black hood again. And what, how does it end? But with fucking ropey Chad Michael Murray being like, Betty, will you stay with us? Stay with us. Our walls are thick. We'll protect you. And she says, yes. No, is she going to? She can't. 
She can't get into the farm. I unless she gets in and immediately gets back out by the end. If at the end of this season, I swear to God, Molly, if by the end of this season she is a part of this cult, and that's how this season ends, I am still gonna watch this show. <laughs> I know, but I do? am gonna. Ooh, I am gonna wag my finger and be like, girl, 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 don't do this. Unless they eat someone in front of her, and maybe that will keep her from completely succumbing to the farm. Not for nothing, we're kind of recycling plot points at this point, though, because Betty was already sent to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and had to, like, resist their brainwashing there. And so I hope that they do not just do the same exact thing again where she has to stay and resist the brain. Like, if she stays, I hope that she pulls a real one, you know, what Tony was, was doing before she got wrapped up in it and actually tries to get on the inside she's gonna she's gonna join this damn cannibal cult i know it i don't know i think i think she's stronger than that molly we have to think that she's stronger than that <sighs> she's dark betty i know oh she's dark, dark betty, betty. <laughs> oh, dark betty. <laughs> um we we're gonna wrap up this episode of riverdale roundup here but i just needed to say uh, because I was, uh, I, I of course, you know, scroll through online as we are recording this episode. What I did not know, and I feel that you need to know, is that during the boxing montage that Archie was having with Fangs, I believe, right? Yeah. And they were singing, Eye of the Tiger was playing. <laughs> Guess who sang it? Guess who sang the version of Eye of the Tiger? It wasn't KJ Epa. It wasn't KJ Epa. KJ Epa. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew something All was right, up listen, with that guys. recording. All right, I'm going to have a boxing. I want it to be a montage, but like, I want to sing the song. Is that cool? I think that, like, you know, it's like, then it's like, I'll, I'll come around with like, I wanted to be in music, but now I'm a boxer. He's the one that sang the fucking cover uh, of and his it's like it's the eye of a tiger it's the thrill of the fight i was wondering why it was so annoying it was so annoying and i said i was like this is there's no way this is the original version and jeff was like i know i he's like it sounds like it's a weird off time cover of it I was like, it has to be a cover of it Oh, of course Archie was singing it. Of course uh, Archie was singing Eye of the Tiger. That uh, makes me so weirdly furious and love the show even more. And it wasn't even like a cover like where you change it up. It was just like fucking KJ Yappa doing karaoke of Eye of the Tiger. It basically. was a karaoke version of Eye of the Tiger. Uh, appalling. <laughs> Appalling. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Um, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I've got so many theories. I also did write down the line, what, have you come to steal more babies, Elizabeth? Because Alice <laughs> Cooper is still one of my favorite characters on this show. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care that she's marrying a, a possible cannibal. I, I, am, I am here for anything Alice Cooper wants to do or say. Yeah, that was a really good line. I love like they need the the more like throwaway bitchy lines this show. That is really what keeps me coming, you know. It's what we're here for because you also have to remember that um, Penelope Blossom still has a little Jason quote unquote that she's taken. That also is going to have to something is going to have to happen with those babies. Definitely, yeah. Those babies have been a. It's like the Chekhov's gun, you know, for three seasons. Oh yeah, and I really because also they have been babies for three seasons, and um, I think they better not eat those babies, Molly. They better not eat those babies. I don't think it's out of the question. You're right; it's definitely not out of the question. But I, I really hope they don't. 
Although I guess it would be metal if they did. They'd be stopped, but I'm not. I, I, I think they won't eat the babies, but I'm not going to say they won't try. They might try to eat those <laughs> babies. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this week. And we've got two more episodes of Riverdale. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, which is why I love this show so much. Throw spaghetti at the wall. Get some theories going. Who the fuck knows, man? But I love it. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.